Welcome to Talk 30 to Me, a show where we talk about the perspective of 30-somethings on life, love, and the never-ending pursuit of fulfillment. My name is Anthony, but most people just call me Turg. And I'm Randy Z. Let's start the show. Yeah, so recently I stumbled upon this podcast, and I've been trying to listen to a lot of podcasts uh, lately just to get my fill of news. It's called this HBR uh, Harvard Business Review Ideacast. I, I think that's the name of it. And one of the episodes focused on um, men in the workplace. And this isn't really a topic that's discussed very much because men in the workplace is commonplace, been done for decades upon decades, centuries. It was an interesting take on the modern man. And they did mention millennials a couple times. And the focus of the conversation was that millennials are shifting their priorities away from work and focusing more on family. So growing up, me, I really didn't see my dad a whole lot, which is fine. My dad had to provide. That was the way that it worked. We talked about this earlier and we had the whole foundation set by our parents they struggled so we don't have to we struggle so our kids don't have to the cycle perpetuates itself Mm -hmm. now it's coming to be coming to that point where we can make the choice and balance the work and the life and find that middle ground so they were focusing on um the fact that men are now taking a step back from dedicating themselves wholeheartedly to their job in terms of time worked and they were equating time worked as an indication of how hard someone works Mm. of someone's um, value in the workplace. So the more you work, the more time you spent at work, the more valuable you were to the operation because that would in turn equate how hard you worked, how much effort you put into your job. I really have always thought that the more time you, you invest in your job, the more time you're actually working uh, against yourself. It's like diminishing returns. If you can't figure something out the first time, don't keep trying. If you're working on a report too late, take a step back and and work on it at a later point in time because you're only going to degrade the quality of your work. Anyway, that's that's going too far into it. It sounds like what you need to be doing for your GMAT, low key. <laughs> you might right. be right. You might you might absolutely step be right. Step your ass back. Maybe, maybe, maybe I gotta take a look at that. Maybe I stepped too far back. Anyways, nah, you're um, too far in it. That's what you are. <laughs> so the whole focus was, and it was very intriguing to me, finding that balance, that family mm-hmm. time, and that's very difficult for me to not do because I really want that family time because I never had that family time. My dad wasn't really around when I was young um, for uh, a few of the smaller moments. I wouldn't say the big, he was there for pretty much all of the bigger moments, but that wasn't where it mattered. And that's what I don't think parents understand. It was all the smaller times. Like when I was waiting two hours after my baseball game in mission Dolores, when it was windy as fucking hell and you know, he came to pick me up, but he was supposed to be at the game, you know, and it was like, ah, fuck, you know, God, I really, I, I felt like it could have been a little bit more of a confidence builder. It could have been more of a character builder. I don't know. I really don't know. I I can only speculate at this point because I didn't have it. Uh, but (laughs) there, that, that conversation really kind of brought things in perspective and I don't want to take that away from my kid. 
but how do I find that time to spend away from him and justify it? Like now I'm studying, I'm trying to go to grad school. This is all time spent away from my kid. Right. And I say this every, almost every episode, it's time I'm spending away from my kid. That's how important it is to me to realize that my family should come first, but there have to be other, there have to be sacrifices sometimes. And I know Leslie, you have kids, you have a lot more on your plate, it seems. And (laughs) it's, it's, it's funny because, um, finding that balance isn't easy. No, it's definitely not. I mean, and just coming, I I guess I can speak to it from both ways, like as a mother and just watching my husband kind of go through it. Um, that's been one of, I guess the most difficult things that he's tried to balance. Um, you know, just finding time to spend with us, but also finding time to spend in his job. Um, you know, when when you say us, you mean you and the kids or just you two as a, us, me and him, um, us and me and the girls, Hmm. you know what I mean? Um, he is in a very high position at his company. And so he is like the sole person that does what he does. It's like if if the ball drops, it's on him. Mm. And so, you know, for him, it's really major to be there and to get things done and, and to know that he's handled it. And for the longest time, I will commend him that um, shortly after we had our daughter, he was pretty much at home for these past seven months. So he's been able to like work from home. But, you know, there was like, so many times when he would say like you can't ask me to randomly hold the baby because i'm still working like i'm here but i'm working i'm here but i'm not here yeah i'm here but i'm not here and for me for a little while it was kind of like then what's the point of you being here go to work you know what i mean like the point of you being a presence is so that you can be a pair of hands otherwise you're useless to me like you can go to work you don't have to sit here in this office you know but um i i just find it interesting that men have to think about that you know, that women don't necessarily have to because it's, it's, it's more innate. It, yeah, it's just kind of innate. And, and for me, it was like, I figured the shit out. You know what I mean? Like, I got these kids. I got you. I got this work to do. And it all gets done. And I'm and I'm never like, how am I going to do this? You know what I mean? And I, I guess maybe sometimes that's just the difference between men and women. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like <laughs> women are way more instinctual in that regard. Yeah. And, and I've learned that. And I think that I've had to just understand that and and kind of look at him and say okay you're coming at this the best way that you know how and i am too and for me this is not a big deal for me to like divide and conquer but for you it's like where the fuck do i go like you know (laughs) where's the treasure map and how come i can't get there you know so i guess i'm very i'm very focused i'm very determined i think the one thing for me that makes it a little more difficult um as far as balancing my time is that i work for me so that's true. I was about to say that. So, I mean, it, it did the, the podcast did kind of touch on women in the workplace and how women are always seen as lower on the totem mm-hmm. pole. I'm mean, speaking about totem poles um, where they are portrayed as the, limited yeah. by the amount of time they spend. And that's not really right. No. I mean, that's not fair. They have a lot more. And I'm speaking in general terms. Women have a lot more responsibility than men do yeah i mean because technically you can say so many women who work outside of their homes they go to work they do their nine to five and then they come home to their second job which is their household right (laughs) you know what i mean like how often does a woman come home and dinner is made or these kids have been bathed or this house has been cleaned or you know what i mean and not to say that those are not things men can do but by and large you know those are just things that mothers do as well and i just have found you know that those things are just a part of the job 
you know, and I told, I was talking to a friend and she was saying that, you know, her and her husband are thinking about starting a family. And she was like, you know, but I just keep wondering, okay, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to take care of this kid. Who's going to take care of me? You know, and I, I just had to tell her, I said, it may not ever be even. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. that's kind of like the game that, that you know, it is. And even when you have a, a great husband and someone who steps in, you know, I think that you just, there there has to be a balance. And I think it's just expected more of women to be able to do it than it is of men. To be the filler, to be the yeah. three quarters to the one quarter. Mm-hmm. And in, in some aspects, it's kind of unfair. Yeah. Um, I see it all the time as well. And my wife and I have this conversation all the time. Um, I I do my best. And that's the thing. I, I think it goes to that whole point where women can can internalize a an emotional burden a lot better than men. Mm-hmm. And, hey, look, we all know men are a little bit more emotionally immature at pretty much every point in their lives. And that's not a flaw. I, I see that as more of a strength because we're able to act more based on... Uh, I hate to say this. It sounds so stereotypical. Don't say it without emotion. (laughs) (laughs) We're able to act more on logic. Mm. Not to say that women are illogical, Mm -hmm. but women also tend to act out of, uh, a lot of times out of emotion. And I I believe my wife and I had this discussion too, and and it goes both ways. They're both strengths and weaknesses in in every aspect of the argument. And I feel like I you can use emotional weakness as a strength as contradictory and as counterintuitive rather as it sounds. It really is. I guess it's interesting to me that you say that because I find that I'm a very, very logical person and it's easy for me to just break things down into like, these are the steps that need to be done. This is how it needs to be handled. Get it done. You know what I mean? And and I think that I found in my own relationship that my husband is very like, he's just sweet. You know, he's just like nice. And and I think that's our balance. And, you know, it's not to say that I'm I'm not nice or any of those things, but I just I'm very direct. I'm very to the point. You know, I'm like, this child needs to go here. You need to go here. You need to go there. We got twenty four hours. Make that shit happen. Like, you it's know like what MacGyver. I mean? Here's a rubber band, a paper clip, <laughs> exactly. but a piece of gum. You know, Figure put it, it together. Like, you know, how are we gonna do it? It's like you have to work. And, and, you know, like I was alluding to earlier, I work for myself. So I don't have a boss that's going to call me and say, like, hey, Leslie, did you get such and such done? You know, the only person that's going to look at me is going to be like me. And I'm going to have to say, oh, shit, okay, I have this to do, this to do, and that to do. How's it going to get done? And so many times, you know, during the night, am I like, okay, everybody's gone to bed, everybody's eating. Whew. Okay, it's 1030. Now I get to work. You know? Mm. And I'm sleepy. I'm tired, you know, like, and I finally, the one thing that I finally had to do was learn how to accept help. You know, I'm finally getting to the place where I'm like, okay, you can hire somebody to come in here during the daytime and and help me so that I can get things done. Because that took away from what I thought, like, made me a good mother and a good wife. You know, like, I should be able to do it all. You're talking about, like, like cleaning and yeah, stuff like that? Yeah, cleaning. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, And that makes you feel, like, less than if you feel like, damn, I can handle all this business stuff, but because I can't. Because that was your identity. Yeah, so that's my identity. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I can't turn on the vacuum. You know what I mean? But I'm like, listen, somebody else can come here and do that shit. I got other shit to do. You know what I mean? And it, But it really took my husband to tell me that. He was like, I don't think of you as less than a person because you didn't run the vacuum today. Like, hmm. you have so much shit to do. Like, do that. 
don't be so focused on, you know, like washing these clothes and like, you know, but I'm like, I want to wash y'all's drawers. That's my job. <laughs> Why do I want to pay somebody else to do that? You know, then I feel like, damn, you took a part of me away. But I think in growing and and maturing, you learn that it's okay to accept help. And it's okay to say like, all right, I'm not failing, but I'm not giving my absolute best to this. So let me let somebody else do that. And I think men and women don't always have like that that doesn't really fall on men. It usually only falls on women. That's interesting because I remember getting into a discussion, it was like freshman year of college. And this is even before I even thought I could see myself uh in an entrepreneurial, self employed mm-hmm. perspective. And even now I, I question if I could even handle it half as well as I've seen you handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's the idea of being a stay at home dad. And it's not just that I'd be a stay at home dad, it's just because the career I chose allows me the freedom to be able to have the flexibility to right. be that person. And I, I, you know, our friend Ralphie, he, yeah. he has a very similar setup like that where he's able to work around his kid's schedule. Mm-hmm. And I, I look at that and I'm just like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you, you know, and part of me is probably cause like I still have one foot in, yeah, in, in the corporate America, you know, doing, you know, a day job, yeah. the other, you know, and my free time, my time where, you know, I'm tired and I don't want to do this shit, but I'm over here, you know, editing, we're doing the podcast, we're doing whatever. That's where, you know, if, if I had a kid, that's where that time would come into play. I just, man, I can't even, I can't even, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. There's, there's <laughs> been so many times. I can't even imagine. <laughs> Take your voice away. <laughs> It was so genuine, right? though. It was so yeah, real. Yeah, I, I mean, there have been times when my, my oldest daughter has come to me, you know, and I, I recall her saying, like, before I had my baby, I would usually would drop her off at school. I would go to the library or to a Starbucks, and I literally would be head in the computer for hours. And then I would look up, and it's like, oh, shit, it's 2 o'clock. I've I got to go pick up Right, I've been here yeah. since 8. Oh, God. You know what I mean? And I'm, like, going, 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 going. And then I get there. I pick her up literally take her home and then I'm right back at the couch or right back on the table hitting a computer you know and she's like are you coming home are you working again you know and I'm thinking like if I don't work who's gonna work you know what I mean like again I'm trying to make some shit from nothing like I'm literally rubbing these two coins together you know hoping that some magic happens and I've been blessed that it has happened and you know continues to go but that didn't come without sacrifice you Mm. know that that came with my child looking at me and being like damn i only see the top of your forehead like you know but so how do you how do you deal with that though how do you address her her need for attention yeah attention. i mean no that's quality time yeah it's it's quality time i think that i had to learn again how to say like okay if i've been working since 8 30 and it's now five i have to treat this like a regular work day Mm. you know there comes a time when i have to close the computer otherwise i'm i'm gonna be sitting here all night you know and I can't do that to her. And there's a difference between work and obsession. Yes. Yes. And I think that when you are passionate and when you are very dedicated and when you're driven, that becomes a blurred line. I was going to say, I was like, well, what's the, <laughs> what's the difference? I, it becomes a blurred line. And, and that's a dangerous line to yeah. try, uh, to walk, primarily because you risk the uh, potential of burning yourself out. Mm-hmm. And then you fall out of love with your passion. And your yeah. passion becomes obligation. And then obligation becomes non-committal and you don't want to do it anymore and you're like well fuck this you know it's becoming too much of a task too much of a chore that i don't want to do it anymore it's not fun it's not entertaining it's not engaging i I feel like i've had the conversation with too many people why they don't want to pursue something within their interests Mm -hmm. 
uh, as a potential means of, of career or income because, well, I don't want it to become a job. Yeah. I don't want to hate it. And it's just like, well, I mean, if you do it right, you won't. Yeah, because then people always yep. say, like, do what you love. Yep. Right. You know, and you're like, well, how the hell do I do that if I don't want it to just become something I then hate? Yeah, there you was know? one of my employees came up to me uh, yesterday or the day before. We were talking about a son. And his son's in high school, about to graduate, and it's that whole story of, you know, he has a girlfriend, he was a 4.0 student before, and now he's a 2.0 student. Mm. What the fuck happened? And now he wants to, he's graduating, he didn't apply to college, he wants to go to community college. You know, he, he doesn't know where to go with that. And the only thing I could tell him was, just let him, let him fail on his own and decide. So he came, he came at me with the whole... Well, he wants to go to community college and then do uh, music. Don't. Play don't. Please don't. Hey, yeah, hey, hey. He, wa- he, wanted to do, he wanted to do something something like that, something artsy. And I was like, don't. Keep the hobby as a hobby. Keep the hobby as a passion. You don't want to do something you love every day because then you're not going to love it anymore. Now, this goes uh, for certain people. I have a really good friend, Danny, and uh, him and his wife are both music teachers, uh, musicians. Um, she's going the admin route. He's trying to get out and do the business entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial route. And you see it. They are actually the embodiment of doing something that they love. Mm. But they're starting to realize that that's not going to take me as far anymore. And that's perfectly fine. Especially at this juncture in your life where you can still control the end game. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it's, it's good short term. It's tough long term. Like where do you draw the line? So again... How hard do you go before you burn yourself out and you start realizing, well, shit, I'm in too deep now. I got to keep going, but I got to keep going because I got to pay the bills. Like, do you feel like that's become part of your life now? I mean, it was at one point because there was a point where I was just doing so many things. I mean, my hand was just in a lot. Like, I owned a PR company, you know, that had like clients. So I was like really working. Actually had clients. (laughs) Like actually had clients, was working. You know, I was also I'm a writer. So I was also writing a novel and was like in talks with a publisher. You know what I mean? Like, but then I was also doing Let Leslie Tell It, you know, and at the same time suddenly I started doing Butter and Brown, you know, then I also had my clothing company. And so it was like Leslie. You can't do everything. So I did just, you get burned out? I did. I, I, I mean, there were days when I was just like, I'm just going back home. You know, where I was once going to Starbucks and sitting and working for six, seven hours at a time. I then started taking my daughter to school and coming home and going back to sleep because I was just like, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm tired. I can't give anymore. You know what I mean? There came a point when I couldn't write in my, my book anymore because I was like, I'm tired of talking to these people. I'm tired of these characters. I just don't care anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to write it. You know, and then I had to tell myself, like, okay, it's time to figure out what I need to pull out of and what I have to stop doing to maintain my sanity because it just it it doesn't work like that. You just can't do everything. And that's the hardest thing for people to realize when they're entrenched. Yes. And it goes for work. I mean, for some people, work is a passion. Yeah. For some people, work is like I live for this, you know. I can't imagine myself ever being like that because I live for my family. Mm-hmm. I live for the moment. I like doing shit. I like getting out and, and and making my own version of history. You know, I don't like fucking working. Working is a waste of time, but you got to do it. It's a necessary evil. I don't know. I mean, I come from a different perspective because, one, I don't have a family. I guess that kind of plays a role. Kind of. Uh, well, I mean, my own family. Yeah. I, I have a no, family. Yeah. yeah but, um, you know, going going into entertainment, that, that idea 
was something that I, I didn't want to, to, to pick up or, or to pursue to start with. That was something I was very reluctant to go into. Um, and it wasn't until I fully dove into it and I accepted it and that this is, I, this is what I'm doing and this is how I'm going to, then I finally did the research and learned, okay, well, not everyone becomes a star, but this is how you become sustainable and this is how you survive and this is how you are able to provide the lifestyle that you want. Right. That, that was one thing, you know, you had to learn if you want to go into entertainment first and foremost. Right. Um, as far as living for work, that's something that I, I completely understand. I, that is something that I, it, it does drive me. Because Which work? Both, really. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And, and that's why it's been so hard for me to leave. The, mm. the day job because there's still so many kids like just just this week alone i've had two kids come in that came from low-income homes low-income families that are on scholarship that have no idea what they're doing mm. and trying to navigate the university life trying to go to medical school trying to figure it out and i'm i'm the person that understands what their background is and i can also connect the dots for them here at the university yeah and it's those moments where they're just like I, I see like I know I know they would have fallen through the cracks. Yeah. I know they would have failed. I know they would have quit their their dream of going to medical school because of a poor grade, you know, even getting a C in as a pre med, they these kids are just like, This yeah. is it, I, I ruined my life and it's just like, No, I can I can help you fix this. You know, Leslie mentioned something about asking for help. Mm. Sometimes you gotta know when to let go. And sometimes it might be healthier for you to let go. And rest assured that someone else is gonna pick up your slack that someone else is going to step up and care enough about these kids and that your time has come and that you have to move on to bigger, better things, greener pastures, whatever have you. Um, it has to happen. And I've had that point in my life. I know you know that, uh, where I just said, fuck this, I'm out. <laughs> and uh, I needed a change. And I yeah. made that change happen. If you have to make that change, and I tell everybody I come, I, I talk to, who are who's in the same place and I could probably list them off right now off the top of my head there are about half a dozen people that are in the same spot I was in that you are in it's a difficult transition and it's difficult to say oh man you know I'm so invested in this that I can't let go but you have to yeah. it's not your your identity is not folding laundry and doing the dishes and, and vacuuming mm -hmm. your identity is not helping kids yeah make it through the university right. as a counselor. My identity is not um, uh, you know, problem-solving, project-based, whatever the fuck I do at my work. It, that's not it. We live for our passion, whether that's our family, whether that's our hobby, whatever it is. We can't let work define us. And that's, I think, what the podcast was, was really driving at. They didn't say it, but that's what I derived. I mean, we... Our identity is our job. How sad is that? I think that's like what so much of the American culture is and what it it's is. become. You know what I mean? Like we're just such a work-driven environment and that's all we do. And so many people are just like, I have to get up. I have to go to work. Yeah. You know, 8 to 8, 8 to 10. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I have a coworker in Canada and she we, we got together in Kentucky last week and we were talking uh, – a bunch of us were talking and she was like, you you, you guys work hard down here. Yeah. They don't work. They no. I know a guy up in Canada. Uh, one of my one of my buddies from high school. He had a, a cousin came down here, um, and we got we we hooked up. And he was from Montreal. We they he straight up said we don't fucking work as hard as you guys. That's the second person that tells me that from Canada. I was like, man, we really even Europe. Europe. They look at us and 
They're like, well, you're fucking crazy over here. <laughs> well, yeah, we also have to understand the type of economy we live in. Right. This is a capitalistic society, so we have to, you know, it only depends on how much you put in. Yep. And it's not the same where, yeah, you could put in so many hours and you know that you're going to be taken care of because, you know, in Canada, the healthcare is taken care of, education is taken care of, protection is taken care of, it's like fire and police. It's that all those things are, are provided. Um, that's just not how it is here. You know what I mean? It, certain things are not seen as necessary human rights mm-hmm. so to speak and so it's it's if you want if you want to live if you want to survive no one else is going to help you unless you put in that extra time is that sustainable i think it's sad it is sad <laughs> and it's not necessarily about being sustainable it's about being able to overcome the hump of okay well this is this is the struggle of where i'm at right now it's the amount i'm putting in is not the reward i'm getting but making it over that to where it becomes you know now i can put in less work and still get the same amount it back it's just getting to that point right that's the hard part and that's the part where so many people struggle or fizzle out well because they think that hard work it requires massive amounts of time dedication it really doesn't you no, have true. to know what the fuck you're doing and if you're really just putting in massive amounts of time and not getting anywhere you got to reevaluate your situation yeah, you have to say, work smarter say, not yeah, harder exactly i'm a huge fucking advocate of smarter <laughs> yeah, not harder like, i preach that every fucking day and everyone's all like at work, it's funny. You're sitting at your computer. You should be doing... No, I, I know how to fucking do half the shit out there just by sitting here and learning it. That's how I learn. Everybody learns differently. And that's the thing. People don't assess that. It's mm-hmm. still... You're working with people who are so hands-on and so involved. And if we're not here, and we're not here from this time to this time, you're not doing your job. Yeah. That's not the American dream. That's not how you achieve the American dream. Mm-hmm. That's how you stay... In that mentality and stay in your rut for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. You could do that. Don't fucking tell me how to, you know, build my career or live my life. Right. You know, and that's fucked up. But that's the corporate world. Yeah. That's why I realized I had to get out. Like, I literally remember having an internship and being there every day at like 9 a.m. And the chick, I guess, that was above me would always like stroll in at 10. And I felt literally afraid to leave at 6 p.m. Right. Like, I, afraid. I, I, like, I, I was like just like, still, if I yeah. leave they're going to think I'm not trying to do work. But right. I'm like, I've been here since 9 o'clock. Like, I'm tired. I want to go home. And I got a kid. Like, I'm ready to leave. You know, and I would, like, tiptoe out. And, and I just realized. And there was a commercial recently. And I know it was a car company. <laughs> and you know what I'm talking about? And, no. like, there was this commercial. And, and the guy, like, gets up and leaves. And everyone in the office is, like, turning around looking at him like, where are you going? And it's like, we've now built a society that, like, Who's to say you can't leave work at five o'clock? Like, where you're afraid to take lunch, and the guy's basically going out because he wants to ride in his car. But I'm like, yo, that shit is true. Like, yeah, you can't even get up and go out to lunch because you're like, okay, I've been gone 15 minutes. I gotta come back right. so that they think I'm working hard. Right. Bitch, it's law. Like, leave yeah. and be gone for an hour. Yeah. That's always my first job when I was uh, when we first met. Yeah. The job I had, it was very very strict like that. Ugh. And I could, I remember they, I called in sick one day. I had a fever of 102, 103. 102 i remember um and they're like no we need you here you need to be in so i drove my ass into work got a ticket because i ran a red light it was it was just bad but because of that job because i couldn't take it i ended up with like two months of vacation time accrued and that's why i'm able to do like take as much time as i want now and do whatever the fuck i want to do fringe benefits but you had to make some sacrifices right major sacrifices and that's the thing you have to make sacrifice in order to achieve the perception of success and that's why i said achieve the perception of success because really you haven't attained success right 
it's an illusion. Right. And the fucked up part about it is you can maintain that illusion, feel that you're successful, and fool everyone into believing you're successful, but do you actually have that success at the end of the day? What makes you successful is your legacy. If you work yourself into the grave, how are you forming uh, a legacy at all? And then if you, like, spend all your time working and then you never get to enjoy the fruits of your labor, then what is the point? There's no point. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, again, with you talking about vacation days, there are people that have vacation days that are afraid to use them. Like they won't go, right? Like that won't go on vacation. Like you know, you have two weeks of accrued time, and it's like, oh, but you want me to take a day off? Yes, fool. Like they gave it to you. Like you're supposed to. You know what I mean? Like, but you're just sitting at your desk. Like, and I think that I learned very quickly, and you know, to the dismay of some people and to the confusion of others, that I I just wasn't built for corporate America Hmm. because that doesn't make sense to me. I'm not either. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but unfortunately for me, I have to endure it for a while before I can before yeah. I can move on. But that's interesting enough for you because you were in corporate America. Mm-hmm. You were a single mother. So how long were you a single mother in corporate America? The whole time. I mean, I had my daughter when I was twenty three, and and in, Randy and I talked about this earlier that I've never <laughs> I've never technically had a real job. Um, like every job that I've had was an internship technically. Ah. And so the last job that I left was a PR company and I had told the lady in coming on and I actually had wanted to work for her for a number of years cause she's very smart and like started this company from scratch and has a lot of like a list clients. So I wanted to work for her. I told her all that, but I said, you know, I'm willing to come work for you for six months because I really want to work for you and, you know, kind of glean from you and learn. But after that, like this has to turn into a full time position because I can't just kick it with you for like years at a time. That's not what's up. You know, and I just made that very apparent and very clear to her in the beginning. That six month mark came and I like steady kept trying to schedule meetings with her and she kept trying to like dodge me like Mm. I'll get to you, girl. And, you know, and I was just like the six month mark has come. You're either going to hire me and it's going to be a salaried position, something that's like not no bullshit that I can afford to pay rent off of and eat like, or I'm about to shake. And, you know, when I sat down with her, she then was like, I just feel like I, I couldn't really tell you what to do. I didn't know, you know, how you took direction, but it was interesting because her partner was like, I didn't feel that way. Like, I thought you were real cool. You're on the pulse. You know shit, but you just don't take no shit. And I was like, I'm with her. Like, you know what I mean? That's what it is. And so I can either stick with this and be in the corporate America and, like, climb this ladder and see where it takes me, or I can just try to make it happen for myself. Could you have done both at the same time, being single and Um, a mother and with all that other obligation that you have? I think it would have been easier. Because it would have been great to, like, have that income, and it, it would have been awesome to, you know, have the stability. Stability, right. But that well, wasn't an option for me. What, well, would you have taken different risks, so to say, if, if you know, I don't like to speculate, like, if, if mm-hmm. your daughter wasn't there. But right. like, do you think that definitely influenced your uh, decision-making? Mm. I mean, that, I would only say, could go back so far. Because, I mean, had I had not had my daughter, I probably still would have gone to law school. You know what I mean? So it's just like, where do you end the what would have happened if? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, if I had not had her, I I could be very well living in Chicago because my plan was to go to Northwestern. Yeah. You know, and like practice. And so it was just like, that just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that, if anything, I think having her really inspired me. 
I just said, you know, do I want to be stuck in some dead end job that I really don't want to do every single day? Or do I really want to get out there and make it happen for myself? Mm -hmm. And at that time, I was reading a lot of like, I don't want to call them self-help books because it sounds like hella cheesy. But, you know, like a lot of the stuff that you read, like, you know, and it tells you what did you like to do as a little kid? What were you like as a child? And at first I was like, yo, this is some bullshit like this is dumb like what do you mean i still think that way and the only reason i thought about it is because i thought i've always like been very business minded and i've always been an entrepreneur to the point that i would like steal snacks from my house build snack packs and sell them out of my backpack at school so i've always been like that Mm. like i've always been able to find need you had the hustle i had the hustle like i'm like okay i found the need let me fill it i'm gonna sell some shit you know what i mean like i've been like that and so for me i was like I'm an entrepreneur at heart. That's just what I am. So where is the need? You know, and I found a way to fulfill it in a variety of ways. And luckily enough, it's worked out for me. I'm also very blessed to have had a support system and people that stood by me and fed me and my kid when I couldn't. You know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for all of that. Um, But I I don't know. I just, I think because I was in a time where nobody was getting jobs, you know, like, Everybody was applying, like, it just yeah. wasn't happening. I literally had an Excel spreadsheet of 200 jobs that I applied for and didn't Damn. get. It. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And not, and I was told to my face, you're qualified, but, oh, but, yeah. you know, it was, so Damn. it was just like, yeah. continue with the, the, you know, sob story or just make it happen. Mm-hmm. And I chose the latter. Yeah. Cause I was, I was at that point when we, when that was, what, 2008. Yeah. I was, I was just stuck in a, in a shitty job. And it was it was rough, rough, rough. I hated it, and uh, it started affecting me, my personality, and, yeah. and my outlook on life. And I just I just couldn't get out, and I I couldn't even. I think that's pr- part of the reason why I worked so hard to establish AG one mm-hmm. first and foremost, and then that's also why every every extra minute I had was spent finding a way out. Yep, that's that's all I was looking for. But I wasn't ready to take that full plunge and just like. Just going on myself and i think most people aren't i yeah. think most people are very afraid because again it comes back to the stability mm-hmm. the idea is always like how am i going to pay this rent how am i going to pay these bills i have bills to pay right but my thing is if you realize that you're giving so much of yourself to someone else and to something else that if you took all of that energy and rerouted into something of your own the money would come to you yeah you know what i mean like you wouldn't you because it would find its way to you that's just how it worked. But right now, you're so focused on making somebody else's money that you can't figure out how to get your own. That's true. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like you, it, it's just that's how it is because your dedication is like, yo, I got to get these kids or get, you know, so and so in the media. Like I'm giving all my attention to this that I can't focus on how to get these dollars in my pocket. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and and that's where it comes from. So and and everybody is not built to be an entrepreneur. Everybody is not built to be their own boss. Because it takes a lot of effort. Takes it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. I, you took the words out of my mouth. It takes yeah. a lot of discipline. And everybody can't do that. Everybody's right. not going to get up and go to Starbucks and work for seven hours. Yeah. Some people are going to be like, this is fun employment. Shit, I'm off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm chilling. I can do whatever I want to do. And it's just like, hmm, maybe. Nah, yeah, but, really. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you'll be poor. It's just like, is that what you want? I grew up poor. I don't want to ever be poor again. Yeah, right. Like, I don't want to. And that's also why I work hard. Uh, you know, you say, you say that, and it's funny because I, I don't think it was until my junior or high school that I realized I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this this is the thing; it's all relative. Yeah. It, well, no, it's uh, the reason why I found out is because oh, I qualify for for free lunch and breakfast. 
Like, oh, I, yeah. I was just like, oh, who knew? Yeah, that was the first time I was like in public, public, public school, right? Because mm. I was at the magnet school, which wasn't it was public yeah, school, but I didn't it wasn't. have that. I uh, might not. I don't know. Uh, my my story was a little bit more convoluted than that. I really never knew how much money we had. Mm. That was the weirdest thing. Like I was like, were we poor or were we well off? I couldn't tell because I never really got anything. Uh, my mom wasn't big on material stuff. My dad wasn't big on material stuff. They mm. never had it. But they you never have saw a the trust fund. So, I'm sorry. <laughs> have, yeah, right. Uh, but I fuck, do I have wish. That. Right. Um, no, really, I don't wish actually because I like I like feeling the the reward uh, that comes from earning something mm. and deriving that happiness from achievement. And that's what it all boils down to. I think you find your happiness uh, in every which way. And I, I could kind of argue um, to contradict your point of, of saying that you're working hard to earn someone else's money and not focusing on your own. Well, in the end, my my end game is to eventually earn, own that company. Mm-hmm. And maybe not that company, the company that I'm working for now. It probably won't be, but um, might not even be my own company, but I want to own a company. I want to be somewhere up there where now people are making my own dollar. And I feel like it all it all kind of balances out in the end. But then I think about how much sacrifice that's going to take. And if the uh, professional world doesn't change their mindset and shift gears to adapt to what is coming, which is on the fringe right now, we're, we are the fringe. We are going to usher that change. But if it resists that change, and if the people up top just resist, fight it, what happens then? But then I think about that. We're going to be the people on top, you know, and then we can change the whole culture. And we can make it so that now we're changing the culture for our children. We can change the culture of America, essentially. And that's what I feel like is happening. We are changing it. I mean, look at the the social landscape as it stands right now. It's very, very different. Yeah, I mean, I think workplace environments are wholly different from what they were, you know, when our parents were working. In. Mad Men. De- de- yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Depen- depending on where you are. I mean, you take a county That's job, yeah. and that shit has not changed. Not at all. But you take all these, like, major big startups. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't call Google a startup not anymore. anymore. <laughs> but, they, you know, like Facebook and Google yeah. and all these large companies, uh, any app, really, that has a startup office it's a completely different work environment yeah. and it's this inclusive you're it's like you're a part of it you there's a lot more meaning behind your yeah. presence yeah, you can say that there. from the outside looking in right yes. i'd always love to get it from an insider's perspective so if you really work at one of these companies and you have a story to share let us know <laughs> i have a few friends that work at twitter at google and it was interesting so a friend of mine took me on a tour of the youtube offices because uh-huh. it's like you're a youtuber and you'll think this is cool so i was super excited and then like yeah, it wasn't cool no it was hella dope oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> i was expecting to hear that too. Right, like, yeah, but that like, shit was uh-huh. weak uh-huh. like no it was dope and and the thing that was crazy is like so we were super hyped because there were like kitchens on every floor and i was like this is crazy but he was like not only are there like kitchens on every floor but they're fully stocked like with all the snacks and so like and you can nap and you you can nap you can like, nap at fucking they have work. a nap room you know what i mean like with beds and like just all that stuff and i was talking to my mom about that and she was like this is somebody's job like you know she, <laughs> she was like what do you mean like they and i was telling her you know like they have beers or they have this mm-hmm. and she was like at work i said yeah mom but because it's typical like nobody is getting shit faced at work like they may have a beer at their desk but 
it's not that serious because it's just there. You know yeah. what I mean? Like you can book 30 minutes to go to sleep. How many times have you like gone to sleep in your car during your lunch because you're so tired? You know what I mean? But now you have these company cultures where it's like, I'm sleepy. Like I'm taking a nap. You know what I mean? And nobody's going to say anything to you. Yeah. I want to get a <laughs> fucking gym at my, at my right. workplace. And they're like, huh? <laughs> you like, like, Oh yeah, that would be a good idea. But it's not going to happen. You know, <laughs> you, you get that feeling. And that's the thing. If it doesn't change, that's fine. It's going to fall apart eventually. Right. Because the people that have created it are no longer going to Working. support it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Because they're all retired or dead. Yeah. And now the people that are supposed to be supporting it are not going to support it. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen? Yeah. It's going to fall apart. Right. So it has to change. Right? Yeah. That's the you, hope. you know, it's it's something that I've, I've, I've really held dear to my heart. It's actually my... My last girlfriend's father, he told me something that just, not, it didn't like blow my mind, but it just made me really reconsider everything I was doing. He, he told me, I asked him like what made him go into business and what made him do all the things that he had done, right? And he told me like he started one business later in life because that's just, he's like, oh, I'm just going to start this and then that's going to pay for my daughter's college. Hmm. And so he paid for all their degrees. Like out of, it was, you know, I was just like, well, that's, that's, that's nice. But he told me, he's like, one thing I understood at a young age, he's like, this society works on capitalism in order to work in order to survive in order to thrive in this economy you have to understand how capitalism works Mm -hmm. and you have to that's that's the only way to to be successful you know if if you want the sustainability if you want that freedom if you want what you know not to have to answer to anybody and to be able to determine what your full potential could be Mm -hmm. is that's how you have to take that perspective and i just thought i was just like God damn it! I didn't like invest in myself enough at all in my twenties, mm-hmm. and that, you know, going back to like what we no talked about. No one did though. Fuck. <laughs> Some people did. Some people did. Yeah, right, you're like right. Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Right. What? I mean, and I don't know. I feel like, I guess from the outside looking in, you know, somebody would, other people would say like, I invested in myself. I think I'm just now realizing that. Damn, I took some leaps that a lot of people don't have the guts to take. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and and maybe I, I don't know. I've never been one to like. Yay, go me. Well, this you know, is the thing. Like, I can tell you right now, <laughs> it takes a lot of balls. It, okay, uh, excuse the in, okay. Uh, inappropriate gender reference. <laughs> it takes a lot of <laughs> courage, and it takes a lot of confidence. And a lot of people do not have that. Yeah, I think I'm learning that now. I, I mean, we were talking about our good friend Cliff, and one of the things that he said to me shortly after I finished school, like he was, you know, just like, I'm so proud of you. And that confused me, you know, because I was like, why? And he was like, <laughs> he's like, you know, because you finished. And I was like, that was never a question. What do you mean? Yeah. You know, and he was just like, you don't understand how many people like it just would have not ever happened. But for, for you, it's natural. It's yeah, like, it was just oh, like, was what? Yeah, I was going to finish the whole, time. Finish like, the whole yeah. time. That never, ever crossed my mind to yeah. be like, for me, it was just a break, you know. And even the whole time I was like pregnant and like having my daughter I was like, okay, like filling out paperwork, doing all kinds, like trying to decide, like, am I going back to DC to just finish this? Am I going to do this? You know what I mean? Like it was, it was never a thought in my mind. Yeah. And, and so I didn't, it took years before I could finally say, no, I might be a little bit of the shit. Like, that's what's up. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's cool. Like I appreciate it, but I didn't dwell, you know, cause I just feel like I still got a lot of shit to do. Yeah. It's so much that I haven't done yet. You know, like I'm not finished. So that's what's up. Clap, clap, clap. Yeah, moving right along. Well, yeah, and that's that's exactly you know it's funny you said it because that's the same thing with with yeah in in the early stages of our company Cliff was always the same way like 
we need to celebrate these little victories. And I'm just like, why? We haven't gotten what we need. We haven't gotten what we wanted. I'm, yeah. I'm you know what I mean? Same way. I don't like But that's little, just that's just me. It's like, yeah, yeah. these were, you know, bound to happen on yeah. the way to this goal up here. Mm-hmm. Like way up here that's like seemingly unattainable, but that's what I'm going for. You got to learn to balance the two because right. um, Yeah, that's been like the struggle that I've, I've been <laughs> dealing yeah, with. Too. <laughs> me too. And, and and at my workplace they say the same thing. You got to celebrate the the small victories. I got a, a mentor in in corporate and she always tells me you gotta celebrate the small victories. I'm like, but we haven't gotten to the big picture yet. Right. Like right. Where? Why the fuck would we do that when we have so much more work to do? But it keeps you going. Mm-hmm. And I hate to do it. I really hate to do it. But going back to the whole GMAT thing and and taking the practice <laughs> tests, and gauging <laughs> engaging your aptitude, it really helps keep you motivated because it helps it helps you identify where you are. Mm. And how to move forward, and that's kind of a strength of celebrating the small, the small things. And to an extent, we don't do that in mm. life a lot. We are, I mean, as a culture, as a society, and I'm speaking as an American culture, we look big picture. We yeah. think big things. If it's not a fucking skyscraper that's towering 150 feet in the air, it's not successful. Right. We're we're not going for the two story fucking you know whatever office building we're going for the you know high rise but i also think that's generational you know i think that like we've been called and and maybe like the people a little bit younger than us too like five or ten years have been called like the microwave generation you know like we want success now 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 yeah we're very impatient yeah you know Mm -hmm. like where if you meet somebody 40 they're looking at you like you know i i hit the stride at 38 like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm comfortable like now. We know? were talking about that in a couple of episodes before. That's yeah. totally true. And, and yeah. I think I mentioned that, you know, people have been working their whole lives to get here and then they see you rising to the top so much faster. Yeah. They want to stifle that. Yeah. That's like that's a natural response to, to someone that's really ambitious. Why would you want to put that candle in a bushel basket? I love that reference, by the way. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> You never had that song, like Bushel Bay? Okay. It's, it's a song? It's a nursery. It's a nursery rhyme. Yeah. Well, he doesn't I have kids. I don't have kids, so what that makes... The okay, there we go. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I'm not one to sing nursery rhymes, but you know. It's a, it's a preschool song. Okay. I've heard. I'm um, more singing a little Earth, Wind, and Fire. You know? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so my question was, why stifle that? Why yeah. put that flame out? And that's a problem with the older generation and why they're going to lose favor with people like us that are young who are taking over yeah but i also think that we do have to take some of their advice too because then it would make us i think feel a little bit better i think how many times you know have you looked back you couldn't have told me that at 31 now that i wouldn't have been like partnering right (laughs) partnering somebody's law firm you know what i mean like doing this doing that like you couldn't have told me i wouldn't do that i would have looked at you and be like you're a bold-faced lie whatever you know and I had to like get it together and realize that first of all if I was working at a law firm you know what I mean at 31 I may now just be like hey you're a junior associate it's lovely to have you Mm -hmm. like keep reading those papers you know what I'm saying like but in your mind you just knew you already were gonna have it made like Mm -hmm. I was like I'll have my first million by 30 I'm gonna do this do this do that and it's not to say that that couldn't have happened but it's just not is not normal you know what i mean and i we shouldn't feel like we're failures because we don't have yeah, those things that's true but society has has come to dictate that that it, it is possible and i feel like dangling that in front of you uh, dangling the opportunity in front of someone rather 
uh, is very misleading mm-hmm. and very kind of unfair. And not unfair. It gives us something to strive toward. But at the same time, if we don't achieve it, like you said, we feel like failures. So it's kind of it works for you and against right. you. Right. Because I felt like a failure several times. Like, oh, I, I'm nowhere where I thought I would be. You know, <laughs> and then other people are looking like, bitch, you done everything. What do you mean? Like, you know, I'm like, oh, no, but I don't have this. <laughs> you know, and so I think, you know, we all hold ourselves to a different standard. Right. You know, yeah. but I, we just have to also realize that success does take time. You know, and, and you remember the cheesy posters that you had in eighth grade, like, they had like that stupid water and it was like success is a journey like i'm you know i'm remembering those posters in english class but they're true you know i think that we all want them to be a sprint and and it's really not yeah no not at all it is it's something that really takes you can't sprint towards something that you don't even know what you're sprinting towards right you know i mean and and the end goal consistently changes whether it be for more refinement or for bigger picture or for a more clarity it's continually changing and what you want what you desire is always going to be more right you might get there and then it's like okay well i'm here now what's next what's when next? do you stop right when where's the contentment so? right. yeah. listen mm. it's it's a tuesday night right. at, midnight. at midnight we've been we, <laughs> we've been at this for a while and I want to thank everybody that's listening still with us for your love, your support. Once again, thank you for Leslie for being on the show with Thanks us. Thanks for having me. It was Leslie, great. where can the people find you? I'm everywhere on the internet at Hot Mommy. H-A-U-T-E-M-O-M-M-I-E. And I'm the underscore ruined on Twitter, Instagram, the ruined 007, and Facebook. Um, don't bother it. finding me on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> You can find me anywhere you want to find me, about.me slash I am Randy Z. Uh, thank you again, everybody. And don't forget to catch us on our new URL, talk30tome.com. Good night. Goodbye. Peace out. <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>